Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast, where the political, cultural, technological, and other influential forces of social and mass media are analyzed under the light of critical thinking. You will not find extremist dogma, political partisanship, or herd groupthink here. I won't attempt to convince you of anything. I want to take an unflinching look at complex, hard topics intellectually. In the end, I don't care what you think, just that you think critically, as this allows you to unleash your own intellectual freedom and creativity in how you view the world you live. I am Dr. David Hopkins, adjunct professor of the humanities, your guide on this journey. But enough with the introduction, let's get started. And we are live. I wanted to do a podcast speaking directly to high school seniors. The opportunities and the ceiling for the millennials who came before you and now your generation are astronomically high. Your generation has such a command of technology and your ability to apply this to creative innovation solutions is just so profound. It's hard for older people like myself to fully appreciate it but at the same time what to do and how to proceed after high school this is just an age-old question but this normal life step has become a very high stakes game in both time and money for your generation unlike any prior generations have had to face over the years I've counseled many many students as they come into college and I've noticed the optimism and hope of prior generations has become more cynical and and more dark. Many of you are disillusioned of, of why you need to be in college at all. Some feel there are no other options. Some are scared to death about money. Others are stressed out about trying to balance work and how in the world they'll do school at the same time. Some feel this intense pressure from family and society to quote-unquote do the right thing and go to college. Sure, some of these have always been there for all generations, but now the number of zeros at the end of the college decision are much, much more profound. And I want to take on really only one question in this podcast. And it's probably the most common and the deepest and the most difficult question so many high school students have to deal with. And it's this. I really have no idea what I want to do after high school. So if this is you, if you're stressed out about this, do not be, you know, you're not alone. You're not alone by a long shot. It's normal Very few who are in college know, and those who say they know, usually change their mind. About 60% have no idea, and from the rest who enter college, who think they know what they want to do, about 30 to 40% of those are going to change their major at least once after they arrive at college. Even for those of you who feel all the way through and get a degree in a very specific field that you started out with when you made the decision back in high school, 
in the end, most students don't even end up in that field. You know, there was a study. It was done by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, and it found that only 27% of college graduates actually work in a field related to their major. Or put another way, 70%, 73% of those who graduate from college, they don't even work in the field that they got a degree in. And to that, I just say, wow, what a, what a huge number. Another thing for you to understand is for all those adults who have the right answer, most adults don't even know what they truly want to do. Indeed, it's one of the most common job boards out there did a survey and it found 58% of workers are willing to take a pay cut in order to completely change industries. I don't mean change employers from being in accounting in one firm to another, for example, but they literally want to change complete industries. In fact, the number one reason why people make a significant career change was because they were unhappy with their job sector which tells you it's not the specific job in in a chosen field it's literally they don't even enjoy the field or the sector they're working in so i know you may feel stressed at 17 that you don't know what you want but heck many 47 year olds don't know either so just give yourself a little break let me give you one person's story, my own, you know, on how things changed and shifted for me over time. You know, I graduated high school. I was, I was in all honesty, I was a terrible student. I was unmotivated. I was unfocused. You know, I decided in high school I wanted to go to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. And why? Well, um, I just kind of thought it would be really cool to go to a school and live in Las Vegas. I needed actually back in those days a 2.3 GPA. You can see I obviously chose a school that didn't have the highest academic standards in the world because I didn't have them. And I actually graduated high school with a 2.33 GPA. You know, I almost worked harder on the math on how to graduate with the minimum GPA so I could spend as little amount of time as possible on study versus I don't know if I would have spent that math time actually trying to learn math it probably would have paid off much better for me so I went to UNLV I was completely unfocused doing all the wrong things you know I ended up dropping out in literally less than one year after that I floundered around community college I'd spent six eight months traveling to Spain I came back I decided to roll in college again with about the same level of motivation um, same thing happened. I dropped out. I ended up joining the army. After I got out of the army, I went back to college again. Notice I'm on like my fourth college by now. Uh, finally, finally found something. Literature, reading. I loved reading, studying, writing. I loved writing, analyzing incredible minds through literary and philosophical works. Had a couple amazing influences from a couple professors at my undergraduate. And I finally started to get the college thing. See how long that took me? Years, not months, not weeks. From 16 to 26-ish, you know, almost a decade, you could almost say. 
you know, I ended up earning a Bachelor of Arts in Literature. Back in those days, you know, Starbucks wasn't a thing. So for me as a humanities person, uh, I couldn't even choose to be a barista yet. It really wasn't, uh, hadn't burst on the scene like it has now. But so that job option didn't exist. So what in the world did I end up doing? I, I had no real quote unquote functional business skills. So I went in the hotel industry in Florida. Right, a hotel resort right on the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, rose from the front desk to an auditor to an assistant manager over a couple of years. But I always loved the humanities. You know, I always loved it, even though I didn't work in it. And while working part time, I decided to go back and get my master's degree in humanities. Along the way, I got bored with the humanities. It wasn't a passion of mine in any way, shape, or form. Moved to the brokerage industry, and. Started with the new accounts rep to a floor trader, uh, trading New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ securities. It was exciting. Every day was different, moving moving big chunks of money and watching the markets and the gyrations every day. I loved it. Uh, eventually became a retail accounts manager in the brokerage business. And, uh, and at the height, I was overseeing over 100,000 retail accounts. Earned my Master of Arts in that process. Uh, gave up a well-paying career, got bored with it again, gave it up, decided, well, geez, I've got degrees in in the humanities, advanced degrees now. Why don't I move over to higher education? And I move over there and I start working on my doctorate degree. You know, as I'm over in education, I started as an instructor. I became an assistant program director. No formal training whatsoever in academic administrative you know, all the while working on my doctoral degree um, because I just love studying the humanities. I mean, I just I love the, the learning, the writing, the analysis process of it. Earned a doctorate degree, got tempted by prestige and money, and I left the classroom. Worked as a school director, a vice president of academic publishing, associate dean, academic dean, vice president of academic affairs, really fancy titles, lots of money. Met great people, but the job of quote-unquote business of higher education became oppressive, and I left. Took about a 60% pay cut to get back into the classroom, and here I remain as I'm talking to you today. So why this story? I want you to pay attention to the circuitous route to where I am. This isn't unique or special to me. It's life of pretty much everybody. It's hard to see it as you're a high school senior at 17 because we put such incredible, intense pressure on ourselves that the spur of the moment is going to impact you so profoundly. But the reality is there's going to be lots of twists and turns in your life. And, you know... Is this, even back to me, is this going to be my last journey? Am I going to end up teaching and podcasting? Is this the last major journey? Now pushing well past the prime of my life on the way down. I hope not. But who who knows what curveball life will will throw at me at some point. The point to you is you cannot stress your decisions at 16, at 17, or 18, as if life will come at, it's going to come at you in so many ways that you cannot even imagine yet. 
some of these things that are going to happen are going to be incredibly wonderful and amazing. And if I'm honest, some of them are going to be really horrible and hard. And those things are going to happen to you too. You know, it took me until my mid-20s to solidify even what I love to study, let alone what I wanted to be. And although everything took these crazy twists and turns from soldier to stockbroker to hotel manager to publishing manager, uh, 25 years later, I'm right back to where my initial passion was, teaching and learning. And so the same thing can happen to you. And I'm very comfortable right now that I believe I've ended up where I should be as I speak to you now. But, but, but you know, I really, I could get sick. I could be fired from my college. Uh, the economy could collapse. Could be forced to do something else. Heck, there could be a war. There could be a natural disaster. There literally could be anything. So I guess what I really want to say to you is you have to be adaptable. See that decision and fear you have right now in trying to decide to do what to do with the rest of your life. And if you make the wrong one, you're fearing maybe you're going to impact your entire existence at the age of 40. It's not really a rational fear that you have. It's a normal fear. It's a natural fear, but it's not rational. Yet, of course, you know, we have to do something, right? You are living right now and the clock is ticking on your senior year of high school and something must be done. I mean, you nor I nor your parents want you to randomly just blow in the wind whistling the don't the lyrics to Don't Worry, Be Happy as if life can just go by and it's no big deal. You can't just sit around waiting for some divine inspiration to just strike you out of the blue one day and you hear that towering voice of God say, now I shall reveal to you your life purpose and what you should shall do for the rest of your life. You know, that, that doesn't happen. It's probably not going to happen. So how do you approach the next chapter in your life as you're working your way through your last year of high school? What should you do? What should you think about? because there are options and some things to consider. So so let's get specific for a minute. And I'm going to talk about three different types of people that I've encountered over my years dealing with the new high school graduate as they enter into the college classroom. So the first one are actually have it probably the easiest and the if you are in the boat of you truly feel like you know what you want to do you know it whatever it is and that's wonderful but these are my questions for you to consider if you believe you've already formulated where you want to go and some of these questions are a little uncomfortable um, but let's start this thing, it, whatever it is, did you determine that just based solely on making money in a given field? We all know there's fields where the potential to earn income is incredibly high and there's others of medium and there's others that are low. But if it, whatever it is, is just about the money, and I know this sounds incredibly cliche, but 
probably you won't make it in that field, whatever it is, for the long term. So consider not choosing your major on just the initial cash because if you hate performing the tasks that earn you the cash, you won't be earning that cash long before you quit because you hate the tasks and the job associated with it. Another thing to consider if you believe you know what field it is, did you make that choice from peer pressure, societal pressure, or parental pressure? If you did, more than likely, it's not going to work. And I say this with the utmost respect to parents, to loved ones who have nothing but your best intentions at heart and are pushing you down a path. The reality is those people don't have to live your life. Only you can live your life. And if it's if your decision was based on pressure, then it's probably not going to work. And I don't mean just guidance and helping educate you and you've seen it work. That's not pre the pressure I'm talking about. I'm talking about people saying you need to do this or I'm not going to pay for college. You need to do this or you won't make any money. You need to do this or you're going to end up homeless. That sort of pressure. That's what I'm talking about. However, you know, if this is and you truly feel that whatever that field is, is where you want to be, I say go for it. You know, as I mentioned before, life's going to throw you curveballs. I've I loved what I studied and look at the curveballs and the twists I ended up taking. Uh, but, you know, really, if you feel it deeply and you've studied it and you analyzed it, you're you're one of the lucky few. And so if that's you in preparation for this thing as you progress from high school into college, here's a challenge to you to really solidify that even further. Read, study and analyze this field. The the profession the journals, if you can do informal work in that field. Uh, you know, do you realize this as a fascinating fact that I learned that if you would just read one book a month outside of any just assigned school readings you have to do in your field of choice, you would become an expert in that field within three years. So I say jump in and go for it. The second set of people that I want to talk to, and this might be you, you believe that you want to go to college because of the experience. You actually enjoy the learning process for the most part. Of course, we don't always love everything about everything we do. But for the most part, you do enjoy the experience. You do enjoy learning. And you want that experience of going to college. But you have no idea what you want to do. This is where I find probably the bulk of college students they believe they want to go to college and they think it's important and it's good and and for the most part they can enjoy it but they don't know what in the world they want to study there's two really strong very opposite realities that you should work through intellectually if you find yourself in this boat as a high school senior on the one hand you can say it's a brilliant decision just to go to college and quote unquote figure it out um, on what you want to study because earning a 
a degree in general means you're going to earn more over your lifetime with a degree than someone without a bachelor's degree. You know, recent years, the average college graduate with a bachelor's degree earned about $78,000 compared to $45,000 for those that only have a high school diploma. Now, this means typically that a college graduate, you're going to make more than $30,000 a year, more than someone who doesn't do it. That's just a statistical fact. Now, of course, that doesn't mean all college graduates will always turn out better. We know amazing success stories of those who dropped out of college or never earned a college degree and were wildly successful. There's always those those that blow the probabilities apart. But if you were simply going to play the odds, the probability and the law of averages in general, you earning that degree and starting college is going to pay off more likely than it is not going to pay off. So you got that going for you if you're going to college and you're in that boat of, I have no idea what I really want to be when I grow up. So on the one hand, that's a positive. However, here's the curveball that you need to pay attention to very seriously in your decision-making process. And it's most importantly about where you end up going to college. And of course, we all know what it is before I even say it. It's money. Money. The average college debt for all students across public and private education is $30,000 of debt for an undergraduate degree. So this brings up an interesting dynamic. Is it worth it for you to try to quote unquote find yourself for $30,000 of debt? This is what makes college such a risky and expensive undertaking. And although I'm speaking to college students right now, if there's parents listening in, you need to, we didn't have this same level of pressure. Sure, there was debt. College has never been cheap, but the numbers and the zeros behind the risk is up much higher because the reality is the cost. And then students who enter college who don't get through, uh, the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center recently found that 58% of students graduate over the course of six years. That's not a very high percent. That means 42% don't make it. So it is clear that a large number of students start that process, find themselves in debt, and then don't finish. So depending on the college that dropout rate can range from as low as 40 all the way up to 60 some percent. So if you accumulate the debt and fail to reap the financial benefits a degree confers, you're really looking at a double-edged sword of no degree and debt. This isn't a get your money, a money back guarantee that if you go through your freshman sophomore year decide that uh, you can't you don't want to be in college anymore uh, the university is not going to say oh no problem there well we'll just we'll just wipe that student loan debt right off the books there since it didn't work out for you it doesn't work like that 
So of course there are many reasons when why students drop out. And it's not just you don't know what you want to be. I mean, most are financial. If you look at the data, most say, wow, I just cannot afford this. You should know that before you start so you don't waste any resource whatsoever. Um, but financial is the number one. Health issues, jobs, personal issues. Uh, but you can almost be guaranteed that students who start college and they don't know what their career path is going to be, they don't really have that purpose, that drive, that ambition and see that that end goal. It gets really hard. And these students tend to be more susceptible to quit because without that passion and without that purpose, when things get hard in college, it's easy to quit. So the solution for the student who knows they want to go to college but just are unsure of the career path Here's what I would recommend to you and to consider this. Find the cheapest path of education you can find for the first two years. You know, if a student enrolls in my state of Florida, for example, in the state college or community college system, for a typical intro to humanities class that I teach every semester, you know, roughly you'll pay $300 for that course. I mean, give or take, it might be, I don't know the exact number. I didn't look it up. Tuition now might be 320 or 330 for the course. Not sure. But if you turn around and take literally the identical same course with the same course description, same course code, same course name in the state of Florida, you're going to pay 900 to $1,200 for the exact same course triple to quadruple the cost for literally the same credit hours here's just a news flash for you after you finish your education if you do your first two years at a state college or a community college no employer is ever going to come back look at your look at your academic history and say boy I would have loved to hire you, but what was the deal? You took English comp, intro to psych, intro to humanities at the community college. Oh, you really must not be as smart as those that went to the university. That's a that's a bunch of rubbish. Employers will not care about that, no matter what field you end up in. And in the end of the day, what you'll learn, as I learned over the years of formal education you're going to learn as much as you want to learn no professor no college name none of that stuff is going to direct feed you knowledge you're going to go out and you're going to get it and you're going to get it at whatever level you choose to get it you can do the minimal work and pass with a c or you can do the maximum work and pass with an a I mean, heck, you can get brilliant professors that are incredibly hard and graduate with a C, and you'll learn triple as much as you learn from an easy professor who gives you an A. So, I mean, you get out of your school what you put into your school. So my challenge is to find the economic college when you're unsure of your ultimate career direction. Take the route of least expense while you're trying to figure out what it is 
that you really want to go into school for. And I know, you know, many people want the quote unquote college. I want to be able to go to the D1 school. I want to go to Florida so I can go to the football games. Well, you know what? With the money that you would save going to a community college, you could take the savings and you could buy season tickets on the 50-yard line. That's how much money you're actually going to save in that process. So you can't, especially when you're not certain where you want to end up and you're trying to figure it out, your life will be so much better by trying to keep that thing down as low as possible. And then, of course, avoiding debt as much as possible. I can't overestimate or I can't overstate this enough. You know, debt is going to stunt your ability for advanced education someday if you carry huge loads of undergrad debt. If someday you want to go that route, debt is going to going to force you into tough lifestyle decisions once you do graduate. Debt can literally prevent you from pursuing dreams and passions because if you're loaded with debt, you may actually be forced to take X job because of the pay versus Y job, which is what you really want to do in a city you really want to live, but you can't afford to do it because you're buried in debt. It can limit your geographical, your career mobility, your flexibility to make changes. It can change your decisions on, can I even start a family? Student debt is incredibly dangerous. And no, it's no guarantee that when you graduate, you're going to make so much money that it won't even matter. That is almost certainly not the case. So if you take almost anything from me, be really careful with student debt because I've seen the negative outcomes of it. I want to tell you a true but sad story. Um, I had a student, and I'll call her Susie. Uh, She was probably... I don't know, late 20s, early 30s, somewhere around there. She had told me her story of graduating with honors from high school. She attended a very prestigious, it was a regional private college. I mean, this is one of these colleges, beautiful, picture-perfect campus, marketing brochures of -of state-of-the-art facilities, You know, the luxury condo-style dormitories, cafeteria, rivaling high-end restaurants, and happy, smiling faces so intellectually engaged with the stereotypical wise professor um, on all the brochures. I mean, I just had that look of Hollywood intellectual liberal arts perfection. And she went there. And she went there. Didn't know exactly what she wanted to study. She said, I'll do education. Why not? School teachers, you know, seem like seem like that's a, a good field. Uh, she might enjoy it. You know, get the summers off too. I mean, could be great. So she graduated from there. She graduated there with about $85,000 in student loan debt. She got a job in Florida teaching that barely made $30,000. She hated it. She was overwhelmed with it. And she quit teaching after two years. She spent four years and got in debt 
the cost of a super luxury car payment for basically nothing. Met this student back in one of my humanities classes, and this is when I learned this story. And of course, she had to retake her humanities because the Western civilization she took at this prestigious private school didn't translate perfectly to the state college system. You know, because she thought that private college was going to be so brilliant and wonderful. It superseded the state college until she actually needed to come back to the state college system. Um, and, and it was my intro to humanities class. And she did it again. And she's trying again to get a degree that is more functional. Now she's in going trying to get in the nursing program. She was seduced out of high school by the marketing, now buried in debt and still searching for a solution. So if you find yourself knowing you want college, there's no problem whatsoever going for it. But if you don't have the money, please, please, please do your do your future self a major favor and study and learn and analyze all the options and find an economical solution. You always will have time to switch colleges and, and if you need to. But out of the gate, be really careful on where the college is and can those credits transfer properly. And secondly, make sure that the cost is as reasonable as you can do it. Now, I will say this. If you're lucky enough to have parents who are going to pay for your college and you don't have that stress of debt, your life becomes so much more simple and you need to give a massive thank you so much to your parents for preparing and, and having the money to support you because you now eliminate that financial risk factor and you can explore what in the world you want to do at a university system. If, if you really, family has a lot of money, you can even explore it at a private college. I have nothing against the university and nothing against the private school. My problem is you being buried in debt, trying to be something and go somewhere that you simply can't afford because the probability is that's going to end up hurting you more. Now, let me bring up the third type of student. And this is the student who would say, I don't even know if I want to go to college at all, but what in the world should I do? There is so much pressure to conform here. And for those of you in this boat that are saying, I don't even know if I want college at all. My deepest empathy is for you. In all honesty, as I look back on myself, I had no business going to college right after high school. I really didn't. I was a, I was a, I was smart enough, but psychologically, I was an infant. I was a child. I, I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't really want to be in the class. I just wanted to be in the action. I wanted to experience college without the classes or the library or the study. And it, it totally showed how I just wandered from place to place to place. I, I had no focus. I had no direction. And so if you're in that boat, you know, what do you do? 
as you know you want something or you need to do something obviously I'm gonna give you a few options and some things to consider I have to do this one first because for me it was a utter and complete life changer consider the military and for some of you it's like there is just no way and that's fine but I want to speak a minute to those of you that are just have have at least an inkling uh, it, there's just a little crack in the door to consider it there are tons of occupations to choose from there's tons of life skills that you can learn uh, there's huge benefits as far as educational benefits leadership training benefits uh, other benefits in buying houses once you're out. I mean there's just tons of benefits of serving the military less than one percent of the U.S. population ever puts on the uniform. So for some of you, you you may want to consider this. However, I, I do say this uh, because even my son ended up going to the military because he really wasn't into college either when he first uh, was coming out of high school. There's a key thing you have to always consider, you know, Number one, you need to be willing to kill or be killed. I mean, because at the end of the day, no matter what military branch you go into, no matter what occupational specialty you decide to try, uh, the reality is if a certain circumstance, certain situation, certain deployment shows itself, um, this is a reality in the military and if you literally just can't wrap your arms or your head around that, um, it may not be the best thing for you. Uh, but goodness, you know, the training and the travel, the opportunity, the benefits. Um, and they were second to none. And, and I was only in a short time. I never could have made it a career. I didn't have the right career mentality to be a uh uh, a soldier for life and for those that do it I have the deepest and utmost respect but even my time in has changed me forever and I wouldn't trade this experience for anything and it also helped shape me to where I was receptive to college because when I finally got out of the military I'm like you know this college thing might not be such a bad thing after all and I got more serious and then I found my path so it truly shaped who I was today so military is one. Here's another one. Second one. Consider a gap year. This we never used to call it, name it like this, but you know, a gap year is becoming more and more prevalent. I I see from from students who come back from one of these. Maybe they spend a year doing missionary work if they're religious or volunteer work, or maybe they just work anywhere, just enough maybe to live in a small apartment in a city they want to live in. Um, you know, or maybe traveling abroad. Uh, COVID 19's kind of limited that recently, but, you know, that's not going to be around here forever. Maybe an unpaid or a paid internship, just doing any type of job in a field that you think you might have some interest in. Or, heck, maybe just spend time reading, studying, analyzing, pick up some little self courses in a little bit of anything. I mean, it really doesn't matter what it is, but what you're what you're attempting to do when you know you don't want to be at college is you're almost finding yourself in your own way versus using the university as a means to try and find yourself. And 
So like I said, rather than trying to find yourself and maybe dropping out and having 30000 in student loan debt, you can find yourself making a little money on the side or just doing some things without that financial risk. Uh, I don't recommend going in debt $20,000 to travel the world. That kind of defeats the purpose too. But consider that gap year. You know, you may think, oh, that, that just sounds like a total waste of time and money. My parents are never going to buy me just taking a year off to figure stuff out. But if you think about it, is it better to get three years and $30,000 in debt and then figure out there really isn't anything in college for you? Or is it better to take six months or a year, work a little bit, live a lot, find your purpose, then go back into something? An argument can surely be made that this is the best financial approach to finding a path for your future. Now, of course, a warning on that. Don't take a gap year to play video games all day. Uh, you're not going to find life purpose in Call of Duty. Uh, don't hang around and drink with your buddies, reminiscing about oh, all the grand things you're going to do when you're half drunk or anything like that. Don't sit around and Netflix binge weeks on end. You need to be disciplined. You need to be purposeful. And the purpose is trying to figure out what the heck you want to do next. Um, and it may be the best decision you can make in your life. It's as a, as a little side note, if you just Google gap year, you can find tons of ideas and resources and all kinds of things that can assist you. Be careful. There's people out there trying to make money off of everything and you can end up paying somebody to try and arrange a gap year. And do you really need to pay somebody to figure out yourself who you are? Uh, probably not, but just have a look out there and see where you're at. Here's another one. Some of you may have a really technical aptitude that you love. Maybe you just love computers and coding or programming. Maybe you just love working on cars and technical mechanical things or laying tile. You like to build stuff or just all kinds of tech skills. Maybe it's uh, hair and beauty salon. Well, I don't know what it is. I mean, you, there's tons of these things that, and maybe you're just a very hands-on tactical person. If so, these tech fields that provide short-term, skill-specific, hands-on training, um, some of it you can do on your own, some of it you need a vocational training school, uh, this might be an option for you. You know, it's not for everyone, but if you have that real technical love for one of these fields, the, the degree just quite frankly might not be the path and not necessary. And the technical aptitude and the skill and the training or the certification gets you whatever it is you need. And then someday, if you really in, fall in love with a field and, and that field to advance and promote and go higher and, and increase your skill level, um, you need the degree, then you can go back to college. But when you're going back this time, you're very clear and specific on your purpose. Or possibly, you know, for the incredibly artistic, creative few, and maybe it's you love to sing, love to play music, love to write, love to paint, or have some deep, intense, creative yearnings, or maybe you're a web designer. I don't know what you are. Uh, 
maybe it's not a traditional gap year where you're trying to figure yourself out, but rather you have a skill or a talent or a love of something and you just go all in on that. Just go all in on that quote unquote thing. See what happens. Maybe it solidifies you down a certain path or maybe it opens up more doors um, that would make sense for you. The common denominator in any and all of these action options is really action. Small baby steps daily and consistently doing something, anything as, as every action and every detail you acquire knowledge, insights, perceptions. And as you do this, you learn about yourself, which can make that year, that time out of college that others might perceive from the outside as quote unquote doing nothing. The absolute opposite is actually true. And it could be the most profound thing that launches you to solidify the right path. So again, I'm talking to high school seniors here, but parents, take a deep breath on this. Take a deep breath on this possibly is if your child is in that boat and considering this, that maybe that's not the worst thing to have happen. Maybe accumulating debt in college by sending a kid to college who doesn't necessarily really know if they even want to be there. It may be a much worse decision than just letting your child try and figure that out on their own. You know, it's okay to take these baby steps without fear. All the people that might be pressuring you this way or that way, and many have very good intentions for you, but the truth is probably very, very few of them actually laid out a form, firm course to their life at the age of 17 either. And they didn't live it to the end with the full happiness and contentment the entire way. I mean, the reality is almost nobody says, I'm going to be X at the age of 17 and I go to college and I graduate perfectly. I get the perfect job. I love it. I work in that same job for 35, 40 years and it's all been wonderful and great. And I'm so happy in retirement and never my entire life did I stray from this perfect thing that I started doing and knew I wanted to do when I was 17. I mean, that's ridiculous. That just doesn't happen almost ever. So enjoy the journey. You can be bold and you can be practical too. You know, life isn't binary one way or the other and it isn't perfectly black or white as life will flow through all kinds of things to you. There's all kinds of shades of gray and you need to know this from the outset. You know, right now you're experiencing one of the first of many hard choices. So just enjoy the process. Because in the end, you can't make the perfect decision as a high school senior because you don't ultimately know what is going to happen in your life. So just kill the anxiety. Don't be a conformist. Your parents, your friends, your family, they can't live your life for you. Even though they may want to and even though they may act like they can, Sure, you should listen, you should evaluate, and you should appreciate those people close to you and their opinions, as well as all kinds of outside opinions to the research you do. But and, and you know that most of the people close to you, they truly do have your best interest at heart, but they can't, no matter how much they try, live your life 
only you can. So have the heart to listen, to evaluate, but also have a firmness, a boldness that it's your decision to make. No matter what you do, evaluate each option carefully without emotions. Do a pros and cons list. Look at data in specific fields. Look at college costs. Compare technical schools. Evaluate resources on gap years or read blogs or podcasts about others who have done a gap year. Consider military options for some of you. I mean, some of you, it's like no way, no how. Hey, that's all good. But there's maybe a segment listening to me right now that 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 is something at least worth going in and talking about and understanding and learning about. You know, in the end, don't discard or accept anything on face value. That's part of becoming intellectually curious, uh, critical thinking during your senior year. Educate yourself about life and career and finance, your passions, your personality, and what fits best for you. I hope this helps even a little bit as I tell you the potential you have is great and it's grand. Yet no matter what you do, it's not going to work out exactly like you planned and you can't stress over that. Some things will surprise and inspire you with incredible joy and happiness and other things you're going to do, you're going to cringe in horror when you make a dumb decision and you're going to do it. It's okay, we all make them and you will too. The key is to enjoy the journey as you go through it. There is no perfectly straight road. Your, your life is unique and the path you take will be unlike anyone else's. So just prepare as best you can and be prepared for the twists and turns because they're going to happen and enjoy the journey. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found value for the time you invested with me today. For discussion on this topic and many others, I invite you to join our private forums. I personally will be over there and engaging with everyone. And it's just a community of like-minded thinkers just like yourself. If you're not a member yet and looking for a community online that is very different, go to www.daviddhopkins.com. That's www.daviddhopkins.com. Follow the links and you can join us. You know, the best way to expand intellectually is to engage in a real dialogue in a way that fosters growth, understanding, and rigorous discussion without all the name-calling, demagoguery, and flame-throwing silliness of social media and the rest of society. This is what the private forum provides. I would love to see you join. Until the next episode, all my very best to you and your family.